to me, life insurance is a different conversation because it's not about you. Like so much of what we do as financial advisors is focus on the person sitting across the table and what their goals are and what their aspirations are. And it can be focused on saving towards a certain goal or retirement. This really isn't about you. Really what you're talking about is who do I love? Who do I care about? And you're going through what is an emotional conversation because you care about somebody else. It's, it really has nothing to do with benefiting you. It's it's not fun to talk about. It's difficult to talk about, but you're doing it because of your, your genuine care for somebody other than yourself. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliffe's proud partner and friend of Community America. Uh, excited about today's conversation. We're going to be chatting. We've, we've talked a lot about personal financial plans. We've talked a lot about paving the way towards financial freedom and peace of mind. And today we're going to talk about how those plans impact loved ones. So we're going to kind of extend the dialogue. Uh, we have a very familiar and awesome voice today, Heath Birch. Heath, welcome back, my friend. Hey, Justin. Remind all of us who you are, what you yeah. do here. How yeah. long have you been here? 10, 10 plus years now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, private wealth advisor here. I, I work directly with families and I'm particularly excited about this topic because so much of what I do is the why, like mm. the estate planning piece and why you're even having a conversation with an advisor in the first place. So this one hits close to home because this is what I care about, I think, the most and, and what we do. And what you talk about every single day. Yeah. At least Monday through Friday. Yeah. Probably weekends too. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes at night. Uh, and then a new voice on the podcast, we got Joe Yates, an insurance advisor here at Community America. Joe, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here uh, talking about life insurance. I've been with Community America for about five years now. I work with our members directly and our financial advisors on creating plans for, for their clients when it comes to life insurance, long-term care, and long-term disability. Love it. We got a lot of ground to cover. Quick preview. We're going to jump in first with your point that you just hit, Joe, which is life insurance. We're going to cover life insurance. We're going to cover uh, the legacy piece around estate planning and trust planning. And and then and maybe, you know, the part of the most personal part is how do we how do we talk to families about these types of topics? It's not uh, the most um, uh comfortable dialogue to talk about life insurance and what that Im implicates. But that's where that's where we're going to go today. So, Joe, walk us into life insurance, broad topic, lots of complexity and nuance. But when you first begin to describe and unpack life insurance, where do you begin? I begin with just asking the client to tell me a little bit more about their needs um, and what their thoughts are around life insurance in general, uh, any experience they've had with it with family members. And, and really just try to find out what that client's life story is. Um, from there, they're going to tell me a little bit more about their finances, hmm. uh, learning more about their family, um, family history, um, married, kids, that type of thing. And, and from there, we'll just start building uh, more of a rapport on what direction to go when it comes to the type of life insurance that they're looking at. I appreciate that. At its 
kind of most fundamental and, and basic level, can you help us define it and, and then maybe put some context around when is a, a I know every situation is different, but generally when it's a, the, the right time, so to speak, to begin having that conversation? Yeah. So life insurance is going to be in place to protect your family um, if the unforeseen happens. So there's a death benefit. Most people start looking at life insurance when they start going through life changes or they're getting married or kids. Um, those are typically the type of life events that, that create that kind of thought in the back of your head saying, hey, maybe we should start thinking about some life insurance. You know what I think is interesting about what you just did? You mentioned, I think, in three different ways, family or somebody else you care about. To me, life insurance is a different conversation because it's not about you. Like so much of what we do as financial advisors is focus on the person sitting across the table and what their goals are and what their aspirations are. And it can be focused on saving towards a certain goal of retirement. This really isn't about you. Life insurance can be used, I guess, to benefit you as the owner. But really what you're talking about is who do I love? Who do I care about? And you're going through what is an emotional conversation because you care about somebody else. It's It really has nothing to do with benefiting you. It's It's... It's not fun to talk about. It's difficult to talk about, but you're doing it because of your your genuine care for somebody other than yourself. How have you navigated some of those hard to talk about situations when people are either reluctant to have the conversation about life insurance or don't maybe understand the impact of of like you just said, Heath, that it isn't about them, that it is about their loved ones? Mm-hmm. How how have you guys walked that road with with some members? So for me, typically, one one of the the spouses is is contacting me for the life insurance uh, just to just get the ball rolling uh, and and a lot of times they tell me well this is something that you know I thought about but I haven't talked to my spouse about it so uh, from there I'm just giving some tips on how you can bring that up or uh, learning more about what their thoughts are and then say hey you know what would be a good plan to do after dinner tonight is ask your spouse what they think about life insurance and ask them what they wanted to do for them and see if it matches what you told me. And if it does, give them a high five. And if it doesn't, then maybe readjust your thoughts and <laughs> try again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, to me, it, you've got to have a certain willingness to even, even touch the subject. And so it's, it's sometimes hard for somebody to make that first phone call to you. And you're right. I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's somebody in the family or, it can be an event that's forced them to have this conversation, but I think the most impactful thing we can do is make it comfortable. So sometimes they come in well-educated on what their options are and they have a good sense. Many times people don't know where to start, and that's mm. you know, the second reason why they don't take action. They're not really excited to talk about it, and they don't know where to begin. Give them a comfortable place to just get out what they're worried about, and I think the process can become relatively easy. I'm sure you would say that that once somebody openly shares what they're worried about, you can typically arrive at a solution that makes sense for them. What we have to figure out is what is the underlying concern you're trying to, to address for them. A lot of times people will ask me, well, what what's everybody else doing? And when it comes to life insurance, you know, that there's, there's not an average. There's not, well, this is what I do, so that's right for you. Or this is what he does, so that's what's right for, for me. It's Tell me more about yourself and what you'd like to accomplish, and then we can build a plan that is suited just for you and your family. Hmm. What are some of those common either misunderstandings, misconceptions, hesitations to even walk into the conversation? Are are there a a few themes that maybe emerge more than others? One that sticks out to me, I think, sometimes is people can wrongly assume it's taken care of. So the example I would give is that dollar amounts are, are relevant to all of us. 100000 may be a lot to some people and very little to others people, and that's true for every dollar amount. So 
where I'm going with that is that sometimes somebody can carry this false sense that I've, I've got a couple hundred thousand dollars of life insurance through work. So if something happens to me, my spouse is taken care of and what they haven't done is looked further out into the future and really tied mm. to address, you know, the lost income, really what you're trying to replace. And so point there is that I think sometimes maybe it's the reluctance to talk about it, but sometimes they, they oversimplify the need. You'll get the response sometimes that I just need enough to pay off the house. Well, maybe that is an important mm. part of the process, but what about the lost income? What about the desire that, that you and your spouse have to send your kids to college and maybe that's disrupted because of, of the loss of one of those incomes? Or sometimes it's even outside the household. Sometimes it's church and charity and other things that are involved in this. So you really have to get people to open up and really explore what they want to accomplish. And then, of course, cost is a concern for people. Hmm. But there are a lot of solutions out there. So when you get somebody like Joe to the table and you've defined what the concerns are, there's oftentimes a solution that fits the family's budget and, you know, it just takes you kind of understanding why you're, you're getting it in the first place to find the conviction that maybe this is where I do want to allocate some money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think fully thinking that through, just like you said, Heath, you know, a lot of times somebody will say, well, I have it through work already, so I have that need taken care of. Well, a lot of times what you have through work may not be enough or it may just cover a certain thing. So really thinking through that and taking a step back and saying to yourself, Okay, well, the debt's paid off because I have that work policy, but what's going to happen after that? And what happens after that might depend on how much life insurance you have in place. And if you're forcing the the spouse or whoever the life insurance beneficiary is to, to make decisions because there wasn't enough life insurance, then that's going to cause some hardship that, you know, a little bit more planning could have probably taken care of. Sure. Are there general rules of thumb around amounts or risk factors on age like how, how do you start to unpack the the decision point once you kind of get through the emotional part of like eh, yeah I need it how do you start to guide and 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 advise members towards again rough ideas of coverage yeah so for me it's we start off with with what are we trying to take care of so is is paying off all the debt in the household important to you Typically, people are going to say, yes. yes, it is. So what is that? Is that a mortgage? Is that student loans? Is that credit card debt? So whatever debt that is, let's get that taken care of. Uh, from there, what else do we want to do? Are we are we wanting to have uh, coverage for our kids to be um, put through secondary college or secondary mm-hmm. education? So if that's part of the, the process, then, hey, let's build some life insurance in there to cover that. And then one of the biggest things, and probably the biggest piece of it, is lifestyle expenses. And that's saying, hey, if I'm not here, my income's no longer coming into the house. All the debt's taken care of. We have education taken care of. But now how much funds is it going to take for my family to continue the lifestyle that they've been living and we've been enjoying? Hmm. Because the last thing you want to do is change your lifestyle just because somebody passed. Yeah, and and I keep thinking, Heath, your comment was so helpful and profound that it's not about you. Like in that moment, if, 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 and when the unforeseen happens in these situations, there's already enough grief. There's already enough sadness. There's already enough uncertainty. There's already enough complexity and, and, and fear that to, to complicate that with an unknown in, in a, in a financial future that then becomes really messy is, is a, would be a really difficult thing. Yeah, you you do what we do long enough and you deal with the other side of this, right? So much of the planning we do is what's going to occur in the future and all these what ifs. Well, eventually you do this long enough and you're going to go through this and 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 practice with somebody and I don't know that 
I personally have experienced much, if anything, in this business that's more impactful than this type of planning and what you have or maybe haven't done, unfortunately, prior to something unexpected happen. And when you're having this conversation, either near or in retirement, the need for life insurance changes. It's no longer necessarily trying to protect your income and your loved ones at home. It may be for legacy or for some other reason. Um, that also happens to be the time, though, where people are most open to talking about this because they're mm. they're more inclined to think about their own mortality. I think what's difficult mm. are the younger families that maybe aren't as worried about that, rightfully so, but we don't have control over a lot of this. And so, I mean, I'm thinking very one one very specific situation, and I won't go into much detail, but with this family, when when the husband passed, he was in his early 40s, and it was not at mm. all a part of any of our planning or conversation. Hmm. Um, he did such an amazing job of caring for his family when I'm sure he was not at all excited about spending a few thousand dollars a year on life insurance that he assumed he probably was never going to need. And we've all been through family situations where there's that negative surprise. There's insurance we thought we had that somebody stopped paying on or insurance you thought you had through work that you ended up not having through work. That's a really difficult conversation. Hmm. In this case, we continued to uncover policies he had taken out on his own that I didn't even know about. Dang. And you hit it on the head. There is so much going on for a family Mm. that the last thing you want to do is compound the emotional burden of losing a loved one with financial concerns. Um, I'm not telling you it made everything better. For sure. But it has put this family not only in a position to continue down the same path they're they're in, but for them to care about others and their extended family. Mm. It's it's when you talk about legacy, that's what that's what he left. Mm. I'm I'm curious, Joe, how you've seen and again, every story is different, but are there benchmarks along the way that generally people start to evolve their coverage, evolve their understanding? Um, and, and, you know, Heath, you mentioned one is, as they get closer to retirement years, maybe that need isn't as profound or as acute, but are, are there kind of, you know, typical signs or signals where it becomes time to adjust life insurance? Yeah. So, if you're adjusting up, it might be, hey, I had one kid when I first took out my policy, and now I have now I have three kids, or my my income level was this much when I took out the policy, and now my income level's grown, so we need to protect more. But on the other side of that is, hey, I took out this policy 15 years ago, and now my kids are out of the house, so maybe that need for that lifestyle that was was built into that has gone down, or maybe my kids are through college now, and I don't need to worry about that, so. I can probably back off a little bit of my life insurance that way also. Hmm. So there's always going to be some type of adjustment and looking at the life insurance again and making a decision on, hey, is this the right amount? Do I need more or do I need less? Hmm. Are there, forgive me if this is a really silly question. I'm sure it is for you two pros. Are there nuances or options in the coverage amount of when it's, is it payable on Death is it payable over years? Or is, or is there is there selection and choice in in the disbursement of funds post? I have life insurance. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, typically typically people are going to take out a lump lump sum on the death benefit, but you can annuitize it for the most part. Carriers will offer that. Those are the two main ways. Yeah, most of the decisions you would make around that aren't made until the policy's triggered mm-hmm. and ready to pay. So it's not an election you would make for your family today. 
but it insurance really is in, in some ways surprisingly flexible in what you can do with it. It's, it's really not the conversation for today. And peace of mind. And today we're going to talk about how those plans impact loved ones. So we're going to kind of extend the dialogue. Uh, we have a very familiar and awesome voice today, Heath Birch. Heath, welcome back, my friend. Hey, Justin. Remind all of us who you are, what you do here. Yeah. How long have you been here? 10, 10 plus years now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, private wealth advisor here. I, I work directly with families and I'm particularly excited about this topic because so much of what I do is the why, like mm. the estates and, and what we do. And what you talk about every single day. Yeah. At least Monday through Friday. Yep. Probably weekends too. Yep. To Sometimes yeah. at night. Uh, and then a new voice on the podcast. We got Joe Yates, an insurance advisor here at Community America. Joe, welcome, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here uh, Talking about life insurance, I've been with Community America for about five years now. I work with our members directly and our financial advisors on creating plans for for their clients when it comes to life insurance, long-term care, and long-term disability. Love it. We got a lot of ground to cover. Quick preview. We're gonna we're gonna jump in first with your your point that you just hit, Joe, which is life insurance. We're gonna cover life insurance. We're gonna cover uh, the legacy piece around estate planning and trust planning. Part of the most personal part is how do we how do we talk to families about these types of topics? It's not uh, the most. Um, uh, comfortable dialogue to talk about life insurance and what that Im- implicates. But that's where that's where we're going to go today. So, Joe, walk us into life insurance, broad topic, lots of complexity and nuance. But when you first begin to describe and unpack life insurance, where do you begin? I begin with just asking the client to tell me a little bit more about their needs um, and what their thoughts are around life insurance in general, uh, any experience they've had with it with family members, and, and really just try to find out what that client's life story is. Um, from there, they're going to tell me a little bit more about their finances, hmm. uh, learning more about their family, um, family history, um, married, kids, that type of thing. And, and from there, we'll just start building uh, more of a rapport on what direction to go when it comes to the type of life insurance that they're looking at. at, at its, I appreciate that. At its kind of most fundamental and, and basic level, can you help us define it and, and then maybe put some context around when is a, a I know every situation is different, but generally when it's a the, the right time, so to speak, to begin having that conversation? Yeah. So life insurance is going to be in place to protect your family um, if the unforeseen happens. So there's a death benefit. Most people start looking at life insurance when they start going through life changes. So mm-hmm. when they have a spouse or a, a um, or they're getting married or kids, mm-hmm. um, those are typically the type of life events that, that create that kind of thought in the back of your head saying, hey, maybe we should start thinking about some life insurance. You know what I think is interesting about what you just did? You mentioned, I think, in three different ways, family or somebody else you care about. To me, life insurance is a different conversation because it's not about you. Like so much of what we do as financial advisors is focus on the person sitting across the table and what their goals are and what their aspirations are. And it can be focused on saving towards a certain goal or it's emotional conversation because you care about somebody else. It's It really has nothing to do with benefiting you. It's 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 not fun to talk about. It's difficult to talk about, but you're doing it because of your your genuine care for somebody other than yourself. How have you all navigated? Again, I'm sure that lots of stories come to mind, but how have you navigated some of those 
hard to talk about situations when people are either reluctant to have the conversation about life insurance or don't maybe understand the impact of, of like you just said, Heath, that it isn't about them, that it is about their loved ones. Mm-hmm. How, how have you guys walked that road with, with some members? So for me, typically, one, one of the, the spouses is, is contacting me for the life insurance uh, just to just get the ball rolling. Uh, and, and a lot of times they tell me, well, this is something that, you know, I thought about, but I haven't talked to my spouse about it. So uh, from there, I'm just giving some tips on how you can bring that up or uh, learning more about what their thoughts are and then say, hey, you know what would be a good fun plan to do after dinner tonight is ask your spouse what they think about life insurance and ask them what they wanted to do for them and see if it matches what you told me. And if it does, give them a high five. And if it doesn't, then maybe readjust your thoughts and <laughs> try again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, to me, it, you've got to have a certain willingness to even, even touch the subject. And so it's, it's sometimes hard for somebody to make that first phone call to you. And you're right. I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's somebody in the family or it can be an event that's forced them to have this conversation. But I think the most impactful thing we can do is make it comfortable. So sometimes they come in well-educated on what their options are and they have a good sense. Many times people don't know where to start and that's, mm-hmm. You know, the second reason why they don't take action, they're not really excited to talk about it and they don't know where to begin. Give them a comfortable place to just get out what they're worried about. And I think the process can become relatively easy. I'm sure you would say that that once somebody openly shares what they're worried about, you can typically arrive at a solution that makes sense for them. What we have to figure out is what is the underlying concern you're trying to, to address for them. What are some of those? Co- oh, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. So what I was going to say is, is piggyback that off that a little bit, Heath, is um, a lot of times people will ask me, well, what what's everybody else doing? And when it comes to life insurance, you know, that there's there's not an average. There's not, well, this is what I do, so that's right for you. Or this is what Heath does, so that's what's right for, for me. It's tell me more about yourself and what you'd like to accomplish, and then we can build a plan that is suited just for you and your family. Hmm. What are some of those common either misunderstandings, misconceptions, hesitations to even walk into the conversation? Are are there a a few themes that maybe emerge more than others? One that sticks out to me, I think sometimes, is is people can, can wrongly assume it's taken care of. So the example I would give is that you know, the the dollar amounts are, are relevant to all of us. A hundred thousand may be a lot to some people and very little to others people. And that's true for every dollar amount. So where I'm going with that is that sometimes somebody can carry this false sense that I've I've got a couple hundred thousand dollars of life insurance through work. So if something happens to me my spouse is taken care of and what they haven't done is looked further out into the future and really tied mm. to address, you know, the lost income, really what you're trying to replace. And so point there is that I think sometimes maybe it's the reluctance to talk about it, but sometimes they they oversimplify the need. You'll get the response sometimes that I just need enough to pay off the house. Well, maybe that is an important mm-hmm. part of the process, but what about the lost income? What about the desire that, that you and your spouse have to send your kids to college and maybe that's disrupted because of, of the loss of one of those incomes? Or sometimes it's even outside the household. Sometimes it's church and charity and other things that are involved mm-hmm. in this. So you really have to get people to open up and really explore what they want to accomplish. And then, of course, cost is a concern for people. Hmm. But there are a lot of solutions out there. So when you get somebody like Joe to the table and you've defined what the concerns are, there's oftentimes a solution that fits the family's budget. And, you know, it just takes you kind of understanding why you're you're getting it in the first place to find the conviction that maybe this is where hmm. I do want to allocate some money. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think fully thinking that through, just like you said, Heath, you know, a lot of times somebody will say, well, I have it through work already, so I have that need taken care of. Well, a lot of times what you have through work may not be enough or it may just cover a certain thing. So really thinking through that and taking a step back and saying to yourself, okay, well, the debt's paid off because I have that work policy, but what's going to happen after that? And what happens after that might depend on how much life insurance you have in place. And if you're forcing the the spouse or whoever the life insurance beneficiary is to to make decisions because there wasn't enough life insurance, then that's going to cause some hardship that, you know, a little bit more planning could have probably taken care of. Sure. Are, are there, I know every, Heath, to your point, every situation has relativity to it, of course. Are there general rules of thumb around amounts or risk factors on age? Like, how, how do you start to unpack the the decision point, once you kind of get through the emotional part of like, eh, yeah, I need it, how do you start to guide and 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 advise members towards, again, rough ideas of coverage? Yeah, so for me, it's, we start off with, with what are we trying to take care of? So is, is paying off all the debt in the household important to you? It, typically, people are going to say yes, yes <laughs> it is. So what is that? Is that a mortgage? Is that student loans, is that credit card debt? So whatever debt that is, let's get that taken care of. Uh, from there, what else do we want to do? do are, we, are we wanting to have uh, coverage for our kids that could be um, put through secondary college or secondary mm-hmm. education? So if that's part of the, the process, then, hey, let's build some life insurance in there to cover that. And then one of the biggest things, and probably the biggest piece of it, is lifestyle expenses. And that's saying, hey, if I'm not here, my income's no longer coming into the house. All the debt's taken care of. We have education taken care of. But now how much funds is it going to take for my family to continue the lifestyle that they've been living and we've been enjoying? Because hmm. the last thing you want to do is change your lifestyle just because somebody passed. Yeah, and, and I keep thinking, Heath, your comment was so helpful and profound that it's not about you. Like in that moment, if, if, if and when the unforeseen happens in these situations – there's already enough grief. There's already enough sadness. There's already enough uncertainty. There's already enough complexity and 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 fear that to to complicate that with an unknown in, in a in a financial future that then becomes really messy is is a would be a really difficult thing. Yeah, you you do what we do long enough. That's right. So much of the planning we do is what's going to occur in the future and all these what ifs. Well, eventually you do this long enough and you're going to go through this and 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 in practice with somebody. And I don't know that I personally have experienced much, if anything, in this business that's more impactful than this type of planning and what you have or maybe haven't done, unfortunately, prior to something unexpected happen. And there's, you know, there's this convert when you're having this conversation either near or in retirement, the need for life insurance changes. It's no longer necessarily trying to protect your income and your loved ones at home. It may be for legacy or for some other reason. Um, that also happens to be the time though where people are most open to talking about this because they're mm. they're more inclined to think about their own mortality. I think what's difficult mm. are the younger families that maybe aren't as worried about that, rightfully so, but we don't have control over a lot of this. And so I mean I'm thinking very one one very specific situation and I won't go into much detail, but with this family, when mm. it's it's when you talk see that's what that's what he left. Mm. I'm I'm curious, Joe, how you've seen, and again, every story is different, but are there 
benchmarks along the way that generally people start to evolve their coverage, evolve their understanding. Um, and, and, you know, Heath, you mentioned one is, as they get closer to retirement years, maybe that need isn't as profound or as acute. But are, are there kind of, you know, typical signs or signals where it becomes time to adjust life insurance? Yeah. So if you're adjusting up, it might be, hey, I had one kid when I first took out my policy and now I have now I have three kids or my my income level was was this much when I took out the policy and now my income level has grown. So we need to protect more. Uh, there's always reasons that you might need to take out more coverage. But then on the other side of that is, hey, I took out this policy 15 years ago and now my kids are out of the house. So maybe that need for that lifestyle that was was built into that has gone down, mm-hmm. or maybe my kids are through college now and I don't need to worry about that. So I can probably back off a little bit of my life insurance that way also. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be some type of adjustment and re, you know, looking at the life insurance again and making a decision on, hey, is this the right amount? Do I need more or do I need less? Mm-hmm. Are there? Forgive me if this is a really silly question. I'm sure it is for you two pros. Are there nuances or options in the coverage amount of when it's disbursement of funds post death? I have life insurance. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, tell them some on the death benefit, but you can annuitize it um, for the most part. Um, carriers will offer that. There's um, Those are the two main ways. Yeah, most of the decisions you would make around that aren't made until the policy's triggered mm. and ready to pay. So it's not an election you would make for your family today. But it insurance really is, in, in some ways, surprisingly flexible in what you can do with it. It's it's really not the conversation for today. But you know what we're talking about here is 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 protecting people that we care about, and, and I'm sure this will turn into a little bit of a legacy conversation at some point. But insurance really is it's it's in some ways both. It's strange to me. In some ways, it's both underutilized, and that a lot of people don't have enough of it. And other people overutilize it out of the fear that it's going to solve things. Maybe it shouldn't be designed to, to hmm. solve. But but in my mind, it's just it's it's a re- I guess the way I'd put it is a responsibility. It's a responsibility you you have. I'll pick on me as opposed to other people. Like it's a responsibility <laughs> for me to figure this out for my family, right? Hmm. And there are a lot of solutions out there, and sometimes that can be overwhelming. And the question you ask about how much does somebody need, and are there different types of policies? The answer is it all depends, which hmm. makes it tough. Which is they can walk out thinking I've addressed this and. Joe kind of mentioned this before with the insurance. There's an obligation to to reevaluate and consider it. That's true with your estate plan as well because your situation is going to change. But you're driving a little piece and that they know that they've given this, you know, due thought. They have put enough time into this that they can say, I've considered this and I still don't like what caused me to come in and have this conversation. I still don't like mm-hmm. thinking about not being here, but I know if God forbid something does happen, I've done the best that I can. Mm-hmm. Is it a tricky dialogue when the topic of choosing beneficiaries or the 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 um the responsible parties in the estate like how how have those conversations gone for me just for the the basic life insurance piece of it uh, you know the beneficiary is usually going to be the spouse or the kids yeah. uh it's it's the parents usually have a pretty good idea in mind how they want to have that split up so Knowing that beneficiaries can always be changed in the in the future, that gives them a little bit of peace of mind to know, hey, let's just do this for now. And knowing that, hey, we might have to change it over to a, mm. a trust in the future or there could be some adjustments to it. I started smiling when you asked the question because I, I, 
think back to these conversations where you'll have more than one person in the room. And when you ask the question, you get different answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I think Joe's right. I think for, for some families, it's very clear, but there can be some complexity that builds into that over time. And that's, that's our job is to mm-hmm. challenge a little bit and ask some of those questions and say, okay, well, you're telling me this, but do you mean that? And have you thought about this? There's not one way to do it. It's kind of like you said with, with life insurance, Joe, there's mm-hmm. not one solution um, so it, it just, it requires you spend a little bit of time really being thoughtful of the impact of your decisions, because there are the standard mm-hmm. answers. If you wanted to go online and say, what should my estate plan look like? You're going to find these 10 steps. It's going to make it seem like everybody's plan is the same. That's, that's not the case. So it's, it, it really necessitates that you're willing to comfortably challenge a family and mm-hmm. force them to think about the impact of those decisions. Cause I, you were talking about pitfalls earlier. To me, that's another one that I've, that kind of missed. I think sometimes we don't put enough mm-hmm. into the process or we, we're not really challenged. We're asked the question and say, well, who do you want to name as the trustee of your trust? That was a big decision. Huge. In which I have spent hours on that topic Same. alone with families. Yeah. It's a huge deal. And if you don't have an answer, what typically is going to happen is the person you're sitting across from, the attorney, the advisor is going to say, oh, well, if you don't have somebody, we could name blank. Mm-hmm. You can name this bank or this credit union. Maybe they're the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it requires a little more thought than that. So it's the attention to the details there that, again, it's back to the problem of it feeling a little overwhelming to families. The advisor's job is to make make the process of focusing in on those minute, seemingly minute, annoying details to get clear. Yeah. Yeah, to get clear. That's great. Um, so you're saying avoidance isn't the best strategy, Heath? No. <laughs> it is a strategy. It's just a bad one. It's yeah. probably a common one, actually. It is. And I'll say when it comes to a, avoidance, a lot of the conversations I have with our with, with members or with clients is, is a conversation I had with the same the same conversation I had with that same client a year ago or two years ago. You know, life insurance has been on their mind. They know mm-hmm. they need it. It'll make them sleep better at night, but you know maybe the budget's tight and they don't want to put it in place because they don't want to add to the expense sheet. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll have I'll have a conversation with a with a client about that, and hey, you know the budget's tight. We need. I know I need something. What can we do? And so, just getting something in place sometimes is better than not having nothing. Also, we covered a ton of ground: life insurance, wills, estate planning, protecting loved ones. Um, for those listening, how would we, in really practical and kind of sum up ways, what would be three key concepts we'd want folks to to, to go on their way with? Heath, would you start us? Yeah, I, I would go back to this idea that this is not necessarily about you. Hmm. That, you know, there are some selfish benefits to this process and 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 it's going to be important to you to see it through but really at the end of the day you're doing this because of the people that you care about Hmm. i love that joe what's our second i'd say uh what's your why and once you have clarity around that Hmm. you can build from there and and knowing that your your plan's living and it's going to evolve then you should be good to go from there Hmm. that's great super wise heath number three bring us home yeah, the the process is thought of as this financial process that introduces these questions or, frankly, excuses not to do it. Do I have enough or do I need it yet? It, we're not after a financial piece here necessarily. We're after emotional piece. We're we're trying to find comfort with the fact that we have fulfilled our responsibility. We have we have done what we need to do 
to, again, take care of the people that we care about. Mm. That's awesome. It's well said. Joe, Heath, I appreciate you guys sharing your, your wisdom and your experience and the stories that, that you've, you've sat with members in really tricky and tough situations and, and hard conversations. And um, you've, been a, you've been a big resource and guide to them in that journey. So we, we appreciate you sharing those lessons. Members are curious about beginning conversations like this. Where would you send them or recommend that they go? You can get to us in a lot of ways. So, of course, you could you could visit any of our branches or talk to anybody inside the Community America team. But specific to these topics, I think we're all very proud of the team of advisors we have. We have different areas of expertise. If somebody really wanted to get into a, a, a deep conversation around insurance, you know, Joe mentioned it before, I would tee that up, but then I would direct that person over to Joe. So probably the best place to go is communityamerica.com slash advisors. And you can get a sense through that, you know, we have advisors with, again, different areas of expertise, but it's a great place to start. If there's a topic that you heard that you feel like maybe you need some support on, that's a place to go to get connected with the right person. Awesome. How do we feel, Joe? First time. What do you think, man? Yeah, it went uh, went pretty well. We a little smoother than I thought it would. So. <laughs> we appreciate you. And Heath, thanks again for joining us as always. Yeah, thanks, Justin. And to the members out there listening, thanks again for tuning in to another edition of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.